Combo Nation, we're here, man. New episode for your earphones, your car stereo, wherever you tune in to Combo's Court. And you know who it is, the voice of Combo's Court, Combo himself. We're here, man. Combo Nation. <laughs> Today's show, Wes Goldberg of Locked On Heat joins in to talk. Emo Jimmy, Tyler Hero's work ethic. Is there a move still to be made for the Heat? Can the Miami Heat make another run and so much more? But before we get into that, the NBA season is rapidly approaching. Prize Picks will be offering a free square featuring Steph Curry to score only one point to win. Combine the free square with any other players to take advantage of this offer all the way up until game time, October 24th at 10 p.m. EST. Go to Prize Picks and use code COMBO for a first deposit match up to $100. I'll leave a link in the show notes for that. Good Drills, man. The all-encompassing app for basketball, skill training, and strength training. Bobby White, CEO of Good Drills. Always happy when I shout him out on the pod. This is the most comprehensive app when it comes to improving your game as a basketball player. Use the link in the description. Supporting Good Drills is a great way to support Combo's Court. Supporting Prize Picks using the promo code COMBO is a great way to support Combo's Court. That's right. Prize Picks for your daily fantasy sports needs and Good Drills for basketball skill development and strength training. With that said, Wes Goldberg talking heat basketball. Let's get into it. Luca, don't do it to him. Wes Goldberg, Locked On Heat. I heard you're working 14 hours on media day, man. How was that for you? <laughs> it was exhausting, man. It was exhausting. Hopefully, I don't have to do that again until next year. And how was it dealing with uh, Emo Jimmy? Emo Jimmy was great. Uh, can't say I expected that to be the look, though. You got to expect something. But you know what? Um, got to hand it to him. He, he one-upped himself, and that's the only way to do it. So what comes next next year? That's a great question. Um, <laughs> I don't know, like, because he goes just like dreadlocks last year. Then he goes full emo outfit with the makeup and everything. I feel like he's just got to go like just full like big bird costume or something next year. Just something ridiculous. Like, I don't even know. I don't even know. <laughs> so you had the chance to talk to so many of the players. What was the overall theme or vibe from what you were hearing? Um. So... Obviously, there's a little bit of, I think, awkwardness, um, given that they I don't think that anybody expected this to be the team that came back. I think they were sort of expecting a a, a kind of a rebuilt roster that probably had Damian Lillard on it. Right. And so I 
I think there were some guys that were definitely happy to still be here, right? You talk to like young guys like Nikola Jovic or uh, Jaime Jaquez, and they didn't know that if they'd ever play for the Miami Heat, despite getting drafted by them in Jaime's uh, case. And then for Jovic, I, I think he really thought there was a chance that he was going to get traded. And he very much did not want to get traded. Uh, nothing against Portland, but he's very happy in Miami. Um, and so, and I get it, by the way, a guy comes over uh, to the United States for the first time in his life to play for an NBA team. Like Miami's his only United States city that he knows. So um, yeah, I think he was really relieved. And then you talk to guys like Tyler Hero and he's just sort of like chip on his shoulder. Like, I don't even care anymore. Kind of degaff attitude, which I thought was really cool. And then you got Jimmy Butler doing Jimmy Butler things and Bam Adebayo sort of downplaying the rumors and Eric Spolstra sort of doing the same thing, kind of company line kind of guys. Um, so overall, it was sort of weird, right? But uh, I think there was a palpable excitement from the young players to just sort of get going. And then um, and then overall between like the media day and then training camp at FAU and then these couple of preseason games, there, I, I think there's sort of like a, a burgeoning optimism, I think is probably the best way to put it about what this team can do. Speaking of optimism, do you have an optimistic view on how Tyler will handle this? Because I think he could look at this as a motivator and it it could work out best for everybody, right? I love his attitude. I, I, I'm I'm very optimistic on Tyler Hero. I'm working on a story right now um, about just sort of what this summer was like for him personally and what it means for possibly the next step in his career. I I. I think there is something to be said. Of, like Eric Spolster keeps saying this, right? He's like, look, it's really good for young players to kind of go through this kind of adversity and be involved in the trade rumors and, and deal with all the outside noise earlier in their careers so that they can learn to sort of compartmentalize and just focus on basketball. And I, I do think some of that is is cliched and maybe almost just trying to rationalize and, and put a spin on everything that's gone on with Tyler Hero. Right. But I also think part of it is very true. I really do. Um, I think Talia Hero is somebody who very much enjoys um, all sort of the entrappings of being an NBA player and a celebrity and, and all those things, right? But yeah. uh, And then, you know, the $20 million per year extension obviously helps too. But I I, I think between that, um, he had a second child, so he's got two daughters now. Like, I, there is just some, uh, there's like a different vibe about him this year. And and I think it's going to be really helpful for him on the court. Like, it's just going to be like, look, no matter what I do, I'm going to be involved in trade rumors probably for the rest of my career. Like, he's almost come to that conclusion at this point. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, the goal is obviously to stop being in trade rumors because he doesn't want his like life up in the air like that. But the other part of it, too, is like, look, I, no matter what I do, I can win six men of the year. I can average 20 points per game over the last two years. I can get hurt in the first game of the playoffs diving for a loose ball, kind of doing a hustle play. And everybody could still debate my value for an entire summer and it's not going to matter. So screw it all. I'm just going to play my game. I'm going to do my thing. And, and I, I think that's, I think that's helpful. Yeah. I mean, some people love being famous and Tyler does feel like one of those guys, like some people hate it, but on top of that, like Tyler does give me like big gym rat vibes. So it's not, it's not like it's a distraction for him. Like right. he's, he's a guy that you could just tell is always in the gym. Like, if I had to guess, I don't know Tyler personally, but I know people, you know, who work with him, work around him. He probably works harder than like 99, 90, 95% of the league when it comes to like skill work and working on your game. His work ethic is unbelievable, man. Like, yeah. Um, I He used to go. So he works out with Drew Hanlon. And I last summer or uh, two summers ago, um, it was after Bradley Beal. It was like two years removed from like Bradley Beal averaging like 30 points per game. And Beal is obviously another Drew Hanlon client. And I guess the way that Drew had set up like his appointments 
was Bradley Beal in the morning and like first thing and then Tyler Hero right after right after Bradley Beal. And so Tyler Hero used to get to his individual he used to get into the weight room extra early so that he could show up to Drew Hanlon's gym a little bit early so that he could watch Bradley Beal go through his own session with Hanlon because he's like this yeah. guy is a 30 point per game scorer. He's one of the best scorers that we've had in the, in the league over the last decade. How what what can I pick up from him? And he used to do that at Kentucky too. I remember talking to John Calipari about it, and he would go up to other players on other teams that Kentucky would play, and he would like have picked up during the course of the game like a dribble move or something that he wanted to steal, and he would just go up to him, just like, "Hey, how did you do that?" To a college student on another team who what yeah. probably wasn't going to be a first round pick the way that Tali Hero was gonna, was a first round pick. So there's like all of this stuff too. Like there's not really a big ego with Tyler when it comes to the work. And I know that people think like, oh yeah, the Heat have been trying to trade Tyler Hero for two years. The Heat love Tyler Hero. They love his work ethic. You talk to everybody on that team, in that organization, they're like, we love this guy. We think that this, they're higher than Hero, than on Hero than anybody else in the league. They really believe he can be an all-star, but they also would have liked to have Kevin Durant or Damian Lillard or, or somebody like that. And so um, it's not like this black and white thing. Like they're trying to trade Tyler Hero. It's like, no, we like Tyler Hero. We're happy with Tyler Hero. But if we can get KD or uh, or, or Dame Lillard, obviously we're going to try to do that. Yeah, it's culture, it's family, but it's also business at the end of the day, right? Like if you could bring in Dame Lillard, you yeah. could, you know, you're going to probably trade Tyler Hero. The thing about that was is like Tyler Hero is the archetype of player that the Blazers didn't really need. So that was like that had a big dynamic and everything that went down. But do you feel the Heat dropped the ball here? I do. Um, I, I don't, they have been waiting to get somebody like Damon Lillard, like a star of that caliber to say, Hey, I want to go to Miami and basically force his way to Miami the way that KD forced his way to Phoenix or James Harden forced his way to Philly or whatever. They've been waiting for something like that. And it's basically handed to them on a silver platter. But I think they, and Damian Lillard's representation are, are equally, if not more at fault for this, probably they overplayed their hand. They they maybe took for granted how far we've come in sort of the quote unquote player empowerment thing, and and kind of set and and probably overstated what it is that Portland sort of owed Dame in the first place, or what they felt like they would owe Dame, or how much they would really try to facilitate Dame's happiness over, you know, getting the best possible return. So I think that was part of it. Um, and they and they basically rubbed the the Trailblazers the wrong way, and got to a point where. That Joe Cronin just wasn't going to do business with them out of spite. And, and I think there was a lot of pressure. I think Portland was on a lot of pressure from other smaller market teams to not do business with the heat because of maybe the precedent or the message that it would send to other stars. So um, I think that the Blazers got a good package for Lillard. I don't really know that they got like this overwhelmingly better package than what Miami ultimately could have offered. We don't know that because they, they wouldn't negotiate with them. Right. But um, I do think that um I think you have to I think Miami definitely deserves some blame here because it just felt like this thing was like signed, sealed, delivered. And and for, for it to go the way that it did was pretty surprising. So I remember watching Max Schuess play back in Summer League. And it's part of the reason why I'm probably higher on Max than a lot of other players, because I saw some of that in person. And like he could just do so much more than people even know. But obviously, you have to fit in the constructs of, the, of an NBA team. With that said, I mean, Gabe's gone, Max is gone, but do you feel like that's over-discussed a little bit? Like, that's what everybody points to when they're talking about this year with the Heat. I get it. 
uh, Max was a big part of what they did the last couple of years. Um, he was enormous for them last year, obviously stepping in for Tyler when Tyler got hurt. But also, like, it was his fourth quarter against the Chicago Bulls that helped the Heat. It was him and Jimmy that led Miami into the playoffs. They were one fourth quarter away from not ma- losing to Chicago and not making the playoffs at all. So he was huge. Um, and then obviously two years ago, his Eastern Conference finals, like the three-pointer that probably should have counted against the Celtics and all that stuff. Like, So that's going to be a loss for them. Gabe Vincent will be a loss for them. Um, but I don't know that it's going to be so much of a loss that you're going to see like tangible differences in terms of like wins and losses. Also, I mean, Ty- Tyler will, will be there. I mean, right. You know, if you uh, hopefully he doesn't get injured and all that stuff. But like if he's there, I think the narrative was like, oh, they did better because Tyler wasn't there. Like, that's definitely not necessarily true, you know? <laughs> right. And and so there's a couple of things like with that. Right. Um, I do think that they were helped a bit by Tyler Hero defensively, defensively. Sure. Right. Yeah. But the thing that people keep missing is that Gabe and Max, Gabe Vincent, Max Drews and Caleb Martin also were terrible in the regular season. True. Uh, from a shooting perspective, like yep. they couldn't they all of them uh, regressed from three point uh, from a three point percentage uh, perspective. So um, and Tyler Hero is, I think, one of the best. 10 three-point shooters in the NBA. I, I think that's probably a fair area for, for, for him to be considered. Yep. The fact that Max, Gabe, and Caleb all just like caught lightning in a bottle in the postseason and became like these incredible shooters at the exact right moment. Like you and and obviously we're all three of them are better than Tyler Hero defensively. Like all of a sudden that like the absence of Tyler Hero was was felt a lot less because you were getting shooting from all the other players around Jimmy and Bam that you weren't getting for basically five months before that. So um, now that said, I don't think that means I think that was just a very specific sort of like eight week thing that was happening there. Tyler Hero was going to be very important. He ended up being uh, hugely missed in the in the finals where none of those guys were able to make shots. And then I think like going forward, having somebody like Tyler Hero was going to be huge. There was no way for the extension that you signed Tyler Hero to so that you stay basically, you know, whole in terms of money um, and and be better. Like, they were going to – they needed a legitimate score. And as good as Max Struess and Gabe Vincent are, they're not, like, number one, number two, like, lead man on an offense. They're just not. So they'll be missed, but I don't know – like, like I, I think all of that stuff was really overstated and 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 kind of – marred by all the noise that was sort of around that just even statistically in the playoffs like i think people just sort of overstate how important they were and understate how important tyler is yeah i mean it definitely helps your confidence when you know there's nobody that could come off the bench for you Mm. right like that's the thing we're gonna have to see with caleb with the lakers right like there's other options outside of caleb like they had to play those guys and that just helps your confidence tremendously you could play so free when you know, Tyler was out and they don't have a deep bench and those guys have to play. It's going to be really interesting to see how Max and Gabe play at the at their next teams, you know? Yeah, I think there's definitely something to be said for that. And you can even look at what the Knicks did last year to turn their season around. They're like, all right, Derek Rose, Evan Fournier, like these guys are just going to be out of the rotation. We're just Tom DeBitter yeah. just made decisions. He's like, you guys just aren't playing. And yeah. and so he got a really clear like top nine guys. He had a really clear rotation. They obviously make the J- Josh Hart deal at, 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 uh, in midseason. And then they're like, okay, we have an identity. You know how you're going to play, bad or good. Missing shots or making shots. You guys are just going to play because I know what to expect. We have an identity, and everybody's going to try really hard on defense. So I think that that's sort of what Miami found in the playoffs last year was like, all right, no Tyler. 
that's fine. But now we really only have like, we literally only have like eight guys that we trust on a nightly basis. And we just sort of have to play them like good, bad, win, lose, ugly. doesn't matter. Like these are just our guys. And so you're able to play through mistakes too. And you're able to kind of do things. And I think somebody who else who really benefited from that was Duncan Robinson, who yes. had been also looking over his shoulder, not just at Max Drews, but at Tyler Hero too. Like Spo had so many other options. Every time Duncan Robinson went through a shooting slump, he'd be like, all right, you're going through a shooting slump. Defensively, you just are what you are. So I'm going to go to Max or I'm going to go to Tyler, who's either who guys are a little bit more dynamic offensively or just better defensively in Max's case. And so when Tyler got hurt, Duncan Robinson just had to play. And next thing you know, he's shooting like 45% in the playoffs and he looks great in the preseason. And you could tell like there's just like this renewed confidence after what has basically been like a, a two-year shooting slump. I, I think he's going to bounce back in a big way this year. Do you feel that Spo, Riley, the rest of the Heat feel like they had a lot to do with the creation of players like Gabe and Max and they could just do it again? We could find some players and we could just get this done again and surprise everybody. I think there's definitely a confidence in their developmental program. Uh, they are in the middle of sort of um, like rebuilding the pipeline a little bit. If we want to okay. use like major league baseball terms, like you're kind of like right. rebuilding your farm system, but they, there's guys that they like, like this Cole Swider, they're, they're really high on him. They got him off of the Lakers who he was on a two way with the Lakers last year and spent more time in the G league for them. They picked him up basically as soon as he cleared waivers and, uh, when the Lakers cut him over the summer, uh, Drew Smith, Jamal Kane, these are guys that they've worked with for a couple of years now. Um, both spent time with the Heat on two ways last year. Um, both of them are competing for probably their final roster spot this year, but they'll probably both be on the team, whether it's two-way or you know, 15-man roster spot. Um, Haywood Highsmith, who people are a little bit more familiar with because yeah. he played some postseason minutes, like he's kind yeah. of that next guy too. He, he, he comes in ready, he comes in ready to play. Like that's yeah. one thing about him, you know. Yeah, the one thing like the if if he can develop that corner three point shot, like he shot like thirty two percent from the corners last year. If that can get closer to like thirty eight percent, thirty seven percent, that would be huge. And by the way, Haywood Highsmith spent like a month with Duncan Robinson over the summer. Like they were like, "Hey, look, defensively, like you're good. Like stop working so much on your defense and conditioning. You're great. Like he looks like in incredible shape right now. Like you need to get good at shooting. So just spend some time with Duncan." And he did. And I remember talking with them both at the same time at media day. Um, and Duncan just like couldn't stop praising Haywood Highsmith. And he's like, look, this guy's like a legitimately good shooter. Now it's his teammate. And he's like kind of gassing him up a little bit, but if he can really turn the corner, that's a guy who could like start for the heat by the end of the season. Yeah. Duncan's a podcaster too. So he knows how yeah, to, he knows, he, knows, how to he knows how to hype things up. All right. Last thing. What do the heat have to do outside of some huge roster move to surprise everybody again? And do you think that's a real possibility or realistic or realistic? Yeah. I, I mean, say. It, it means, like, I guess, surprise everybody would mean like getting back to the finals or even. When, the how about how, how about winning a championship? Tyler Hero, it comes back to him. Like all that fun, like the the Max Struces and the Gabe Vincents, the Caleb Martins, the Haywood Highsmiths, like all that stuff is like great, but that's like fringe work, man. Like that's what like those guys will win you games and they're very important. But what the Heat need to match up with like Denver, for instance, like the Heat made it to the finals last year. They had no chance of winning a championship. The Nuggets were just so much better. Um, I mean, J J Jimmy wasn't healthy, it felt like, too. I, I agree Denver was the better team. Denver was going to win. But I think it could have been a closer series if Jimmy like looked like Jimmy. I agree with you. But part of it is that Jimmy has to do so much work. Like he had like a 30-something yes. percent usage yeah, percentage yeah, in the first true. two rounds of the playoffs. Like That is true. You need, you, you know, from Jimmy, you're getting one of the top 10 players in the NBA. 
I don't know that there's five guys that you'd rather have in a playoff series than Jimmy Butler. So you've got your you got your capital G, your capital D dude, right? Your guy, your dude. You got him. Yeah. Bam Adebayo is a top 20 player. Point blank. He's literally elite at everything at his position other than maybe offense. And he's still very he's still a 20 uh, point per game score on offense. Uh, not uh, in terms of a score. But he's, he's a great passer. He's yeah, a great. Exactly. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. a hub. And he's maybe to, in, in my mind, the best defender in the league. Um. Who's the third best guy on the team? I think it's Tyler Hero. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty. I'm pretty confident in that. But mm-hmm. what is he like? The ESPN just ranked him like the 79th best player in the NBA. So you're talking about a top 10 <laughs> guy, a top 20 guy, and then the 79th guy. Even if you sell, even if you think you're selling, they're selling him short. What like realistically? What's Tyler like the best? One of the best 60 guys in the NBA? Like like there's just such a gap between their yeah. top two and their third, and then from there, like Caleb is a very good player, but he's, he is what he is. And then beyond that, I, I don't really know where Miami's best players rank. Like there's not, there's, there's depth there because they're all so close, but there's not depth there in terms of like top end talent. Um, So this is a really long way of me answering your question, but for them to surprise people, I think it comes back to Tyler hero taking another big leap. We saw a leap two years ago. He won six man of the year. He needs to take the leap to being like, Six minute of the year, 20 point per game score. Hey, that's great. To this guy is taking the most shots on your team on offense. And he's probably like the head of the snake on offense for you in the regular season so that Bam and Jimmy could do less and do and focus more on the things that they do really well, uh, as opposed to trying to, to carry the offense uh, from a scoring perspective. So if Tyler could take that leap to being like a top 40 player, that's what I think it would take. Yeah, Dame didn't work out, but are you hearing about any other moves that could happen? I like the idea of James Harden, but from what, from what I'm hearing, I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, but yeah. I do think they could use him in unique ways that nobody else could, like because the Heat's coaching staff is so smart. Like I would love to see it. I think he's that guy that can help them. I don't think it's going to happen. Is there anything else you're hearing on that or to in that regard in any way? Yeah, I've, I've I've talked about Harden a lot on my podcast and, and I've written about th- that whole situation and there's so much involved there. I'm with you. I think James Harden is probably worth a flyer. The best part about it is it's a one-year contract. So everybody's like, well, the off-the-court concerns. During the season, James Harden's fine. It's all in the yeah, off-season yeah, yeah. where he decides he's unhappy and tries to force his way out. I see, the, I, see, then I, see the, I see why they think the Miami-Harden mix could go crazy. I could see it, though. <laughs> well, no, like Harden culture and heat culture are the opposites. Yeah. Like, those yeah. are the opposite sides of the spectrum. And I get that. But also, like, who cares? Like it's, yeah. I'm, I'm I I tend to think sometimes we overthink these things. And if Robin looking, Robin won championships with the Bulls. He was their third best player. Which where he what he would be here, right? Right. Yeah. A basketball fit. He's perfect. He's a twenty something point per game score. He's he led the league in assists. If you want to just run pick and roll for an entire regular season, he can eat up innings for you. He yeah. he's really durable. He plays a ton. Like that's the sort of thing that could lift you into like a top four seed in the East. And then at that point, you just let Jimmy and Bam take care of it. Right. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I think I would argue that they should at least explore it. I'm like you. I've also heard that that's not something that they're seriously considering right now. Yeah, that yeah. said, how long does this go? You know, are, are the Clippers really going to up the ante there? Are they going to maybe move on to something else maybe a different option? And if you get if you're the heat and maybe you deal some injuries early in the season or maybe like Tally Hero isn't taking that leap that you hoped or whatever it is, or maybe just James Harden becomes so available that you can't help but not maybe take a swing for it. Like, who knows what happens here? Maybe it's something that they explore as you get further into the regular season, if that's an option. But 
not right. I'm not, I'm not sensing any urgency right now. Yeah. I think it's a great idea. Like if Harden would start and Tyler hero off the bench, oh I God. mean, that's, that's incredible. I think like he, yeah, you would never trade get, Tyler to be clear for James Harden. You would never do that. Exactly. So, cause that'd be perfect. Like I think he's perfect off the bench. What it would be probably the best player in the league off the bench. Yeah. 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 And then you could basically say like, Hey man, you just got to do it for a year. And then Harden's probably out of here because he never yeah. really stays more than one year anywhere anyway. So he's yeah. probably going to go sign with one of the L.A. teams. So just do it for a year or you could, like, heck, it's the regular season. Who cares? Start Harden and Hero. Yeah. Like offense carries teams to win much more than defense in the regular season. And then maybe in the playoffs, you got to make some decisions. But, um, yeah, I would be I'm, I'm very pro Harden, especially after you missed out on Dame and and Beal to a certain degree, even though they never really seriously went after Beal and, and then all these things. So. Uh, but in terms of another name that I, I I think that Miami, part of it is that they don't want to give up a first round pick or any of their future assets for James Harden or anybody else. Well, then, I mean, they so, so they just want to give up nothing for a good player, I guess. That's my well, my problem. <laughs> exactly. And I, I I this is the part that I don't understand with the heat. It's OK. We weren't going to give up everything for Bradley Beal because he's got the no trade clause and the contract and the age. We're worried about that. And I, and I agree with that for sure. You don't want to do that. Um but we're not going to we're also not going to give up everything for Damian Lillard because the age, the contract and all these things. OK, like that's that's fine. You thought you could lowball Portland and get Damian Lillard without having to give up a bunch of assets. I, I totally get that. I totally get that. But then you have somebody like Harden, who's like one year left on his contract. Taylor made for exactly what you need on the court, off the court, obviously, is a different conversation, but on the court, exactly what this team needs. There's no long-term commitment with him, and it's probably not going to cost you a whole lot, right, in terms of assets going out. And he's not good enough either. So you've got the guy who's a, a one-year rental who you don't want to trade for, and then you've got, like, the longer perfect fit in Damian Lillard when you're talking about culture and all these things, but you're not acting with any real level of urgency to go get him, then I don't know what this team is looking for. Like, I don't know what the perfect thing is. It would have been Damian Lillard on a one-year contract, and Portland was willing to trade him for Caleb Martin straight up. Like, I guess that was the perfect deal, and that's obviously never going to happen. So. Um, the Heat are holding on to their assets. I think they're going to be involved for whoever it is the next guy is. We already know that Donovan Mitchell is not going to sign that extension with Cleveland. It would not. They 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 kicked the tires on that two summers ago. I do wonder if Mitchell makes it clear that he's not going to resign with the Cavs, uh, and and the Cavs decide to make him available in a trade. Mm-hmm. If that's might that might be because you know the Heat are looking forward and thinking, okay, who is the next guy? I bet it would probably I, I bet that there is on a whiteboard somewhere in the Heat's organization in the Heat's building the name Donovan Mitchell written somewhere has to be. What are your thoughts on Malcolm Brogdon? Because I, I've heard nothing. This is no inside information, but I'm thinking like the Heat should be calling the Blazers because Malcolm doesn't fit their timeline. They were in communication this summer. I know that relationship probably isn't good between the Heat and the Blazers, but you know, maybe give up some of their young assets for a guard that could help you right away, a sixth man of the year. The problem with Brogdon is he's not – he's a good well, did player. Did you think about that? Did you think about this? In the I did. Okay, okay. Yes, yes. Okay. And the and the, the issue is, first of all, Poland's going to want some sort of asset. And a first-round pick for Malcolm Brogdon when you really only have two under your own control right now, it's just – that that doesn't seem to me like a smart – I like Malcolm Brogdon fine. He's a good player. But, like, when you're talking about half of your draft picks that you have available to trade, I don't know that he's good enough to warrant that kind of – package going out would if you would you just, trade Jovic or Jaime or both of them I probably wouldn't trade both of them no I wouldn't yeah. I probably wouldn't trade even, even one of them the problem with Brogdon again is he's a good player he's not a great passer he's not a great scorer uh he's he's solid on defense he's and he would fit Miami but he doesn't really he answer their question the year, right he was six man of the year 
but he doesn't answer the question of who's taking the most shots on this offense. Hmm. You don't want Brogdon being that guy. He's not that guy. So um, again, it makes a little bit of sense intuitively, but in terms of what, when you start thinking about giving up real stuff to get Brogdon, I don't know that I would go that route with them and all these, and he's hurt all the time and Miami's best players are hurt all the time. And that's also a problem too. So um, I thought about Brogdon. I don't love that. Another name that's, you know, like Boyan Bogdanovich, if they want to actually address maybe the power oh, forward yeah. spot, would yeah. make a lot of sense. Uh, we had uh, Rohan Ned Carney from SI on on our podcast, Lockdown Heat, last week, and he's like, the trade he would do is Monty Morris and Boyan Bogdanovich for Kyle Lowry and Nikola Jovic and just pitch that to the Pistons and see if they'd be into it. Uh, Morris can walk in. They're both like 39% career three-point shooters. Morris could walk in and start at point guard right away over over Lowry, who would be sent out for salary purposes in that deal. And then and then Bogdanovich is just like a you just slide him right into the power forward spot, and he's a great floor spacer around Jimmy and Bam. Defensively, I'd have some concerns, but like whatever. Um, I don't know. I just I do wonder though if like the Heat would make like they just they have been so against making like those fringe kind of moves, like whether it's Brogdon or Bogdanovich or anybody like that because they're holding out for some sort of star trade that just hasn't happened yet. So I don't know if they're going to come off of that stance at all anytime soon, or if they're just going to keep waiting for another star to try to get their way to Miami. White Howard, Austin Rivers, one of them, maybe who knows <laughs> they have an open roster spot and Austin Rivers is like openly lobbying to get there. Yeah, by the way, po- nobody his po- cares. His, his podcast is actually good, but like, with how bitter he is, it's just like it sounds crazy sometimes, man. It just sounds crazy. Yeah, I think there was <laughs> one time he's like, I could have been the best, one of the best scorers in the NBA. I just never got the opportunity. And I'm like, I don't know, man. You have like you're like a career 37% field goal percentage. He's a good, he's a like talent wise, talent wise, he can help a team. I don't think teams like him to be on, like to be totally transparent. Like, I don't think they like him as a person, but I mean, he's a good player that could help an NBA team right now. Um, but you know, often when you don't have a job, there's a reason. So yeah, and I think defensively yeah. he holds up in a lot of matchups too. But yeah. Um and exactly. look, he exactly. makes sense yeah. for Miami if they wanted to fill out the like you could do a lot worse than Austin Rivers to be like the 14th guy on your roster, right? And he would obviously play ahead of the 14th guy. But the problem with Miami that the other the other issue here is I can't I keep talking like around this, but I don't know if they're all in <laughs> or not. I can't really figure it out. If this team were really all in. They would stop worrying about the second luxury tax apron. They would they would do what it is oh. that Milwaukee and 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 Boston and even last year Philadelphia did in signing PJ Tucker and, and getting D'Anthony Mellon all these things. Like they're not making those fringe moves and they're so afraid of that that second apron that if you add Austin Rivers, who's a ten year vet, right? So we're talking about a very different minimum salary than you would be giving one of these two way guys like Drew Smith or Jamal Kane who have like zero NBA experience. Those guys are so much cheaper, and that's honestly part of Miami's thought process here is we can go get a proven guy like Austin rivers, or even like it's one of the reasons why they won't come back to Goran Dragic. Part of the reason, um, or a guy he's, like John he's, Wall he's, who's he's out a, there or whatever like that. But like, it's, they're both, they're both, I mean, physically, I don't think. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, fine. Yeah. But like the reason why they're not even exploring any of that stuff is because of how much more expensive they are and how much, because of the multipliers they would add to your luxury tax bill where, you know, these, these younger guys are about a million dollars less in terms of what your starting salary is. Um, and it's just way cheaper. And that's honestly part of it is Mickey Harrison made his fortune and has his fortune because of carnival cruises. Cruises took a huge hit in the pandemic and they've kind of been trying to cut corners. He's been, yeah. Climb his way out of that ever since. So 
Um, look, I, I don't want to go so far as to say that this team is cheaping out because they are at least in the luxury tax this year. Um, so I don't want to be too harsh, but like it is just a concern that the Heat it, have in terms of roster construction. I think the way the league has changed their thinking in general, and this thought actually just came to my head. I mean, the Warriors were doing the two timeline thing. The Lakers are doing a good job of the two timeline thing with Austin Rivers and Rui Hachimura. And probably the Heat want to go in that direction as well. Like, we want to be all in, but we also want to have young access, uh, young assets and young players that could develop. That's one of the interesting things is you have one timeline, the Jimmy Butler timeline, 34 years old. You've got maybe a two-year window here to maximize the championship here. But he's really the only guy operating on that timeline. It's true. But it's he's your Bam, best player. So he's, he's, but he's their best player. So, so it's his line. timeline. So yeah, it's right. his timeline. He gets the timeline. But if you were to take Jimmy Butler off this roster and and just I'm not saying trade him, I'm just like just like for a thought exercise, just take him off the roster. He retires, right? Like right now. You've got Bam who's 26, Tyler who's 23. Both have accomplished a ton. Bam is an all a multi-time all-star, always in the defensive player of the year running. Tyler Hero already won six man of the year. He's in in he's four years into his career. He's going into his fifth season in the NBA. Uh 20 points per game in in, in the last two seasons. You've got Jaime Hawkins, who they're really high on. Nikola Jovic has is, is, uh, got a, a super high ceiling. You've got a lot of guys that you like. Your developmental pipeline right now is best in the league, you know, world class. Like, there's a lot to feel good about in terms of Miami's future. And if you just, like, just don't trade the picks, and then you've got picks coming in that you can use. Um, so you could just look at that and just be like, all right, just take these two guys. Tyler and Bam, these cornerstone pieces, see what Hakez and Jovic end up being, and they just keep building around them, and you've got a lot to like there. But you can't. You can't really do that because Jimmy Butler is on this roster, and he's 34, and you got to try to do something now, which is why they chased Damian Lillard the way that they did and why they'll continue to chase stars who can complement Jimmy Butler in the short term. But I also think that there is part of this organization, based on just Pat Riley's public comments at the end of the season, he said, look, we're going to try to win for Jimmy. We're going to do our best. But – that's all we could do is do our best, right? I don't think that this team is acting with a whole lot of urgency uh, to try to maximize the window if it costs them all this stuff that that sets them up for the future. I think that part of it and Pat Riley being 79 years old and all this stuff, I think that part of it is just slightly overstated because I think worst case scenario, dude, it's been a great run, two finals in four years. We'll see what happens over the next couple of years. Jimmy Butler basically established himself as a Hall of Famer during his time in Miami. If you don't win a championship, that's fine. We still have Bam and we still have Tyler and we could sort of win and we could build on that window once Jimmy's time is over. Wes, great stuff. You're always welcome back on the show. Where can we find you? Social media, podcasts? WC Goldberg on on Twitter, Instagram, all the social media channels. And then uh, Locked on Heat, Daily Miami Heat podcast, best around. And then um, um, check out everything I got going on on Twitter. I'm working on some fun freelance stories and things like that. Big things coming this season. So, uh, Really excited for it, man. Really excited to stop talking about rumors and really talk, start talking about basketball again. Kudos to you on a daily podcast on one team. That sounds tough. That sounds tough. It, the dog days <laughs> of the regular season are real, man. Like, I feel it just like the players. I actually think I might have it harder than the players. They have it easy. Like, are, are do you feel like you're reaching sometimes with the topics? Like, like Oh, cool. all the time. All the time. <laughs> but that's when I don't really have a job because I get to talk and write about basketball every yeah. single day. But I live in Miami. Where, so, yeah. And I live in Miami. Thing, yeah. But there are times where it's like, what, we're really going to talk about Jamal Kane for two segments today? All right, let's do this. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Thanks so much for taking the time, Wes. You're always welcome back on the show and talk soon. 
Thanks, man. There was another episode of Combos Court is in the books. Big shouts to Wes for joining in. Fun conversation. Go subscribe to Locked on Heat. Today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks Daily Fantasy Sports. For a first deposit match up to $100, punch in code COMBO. That's right, COMBO for a first deposit match up to $100. I'll leave a link in the show notes for that. And for basketball skill training and strength training, Good Drills is the way to go. Sign up using the link in the show notes. It's also a great way to support this show. You could catch me on Instagram at 12combo. That's O N E T W O C O M B O. And be on the lookout for episode 519 combo out.